Hello, everybody. Ryan Turford here, all alone in the Xbox Drive studio, and you're listening to The Extra Mile, the tag-along podcast for the Xbox Drive. This is where we take a deep dive into the games and services you care about, and this week on the show, we're going to talk all about the Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection, so get hyped. It's time to roll. Greater than X. <laughs> well, thanks for that intro, Ryan. Of course, I'm Ryan Turford, and this is The Extra Mile. This is the tag-along podcast to the Xbox Drive as we dive deep into the games and services you care the most about. As always, we'd love your feedback on this and all of our shows over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, and you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford on Twitter as well. So, as I mentioned off the top, Mega Man Zero ZX Collection, new on Xbox One, I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm so excited that this collection is actually here. Uh, this was actually announced uh, late last year. Um, it kind of leaked ahead of time, but then uh, it, it got announced by Capcom. And at this, from the second that Capcom kind of announced this collection, I was super hyped to be able to play these games again. I actually used to own the original cartridges for all of the games in this collection. Um, and we'll go over, obviously, each game in a little bit. Um, and I just happened to sell them um, at a time where I just was ready to pick up my 3ds of course but that's another thing for another show of course um so i'm just so excited to be able to play these games again especially on a tv and is this going to be the best way to play these games going forward you'll have to stick to the end of the episode for me to tell you all about that's that's what we call a tease ladies and gentlemen that's that's what we do on this show so first and foremost I should probably explain what is the Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection. Well, as I mentioned, it's a collection of six games. Four of the games came out on the Game Boy Advance, and then two of them came out on the Nintendo DS. So kind of an interesting mix of games in particular. Um, so the Mega Man Zero series uh, is kind of kind of takes place really far in the future after the Mega Man X series kind of came to an end. And now, mind you, I put end in quotation marks because, first of all, the Mega Man Zero series started in 2002, which is actually right after Mega Man X6. So there were actually two more Mega Man X games to come after the end of Zero. So that that kind of talk about the story more. Um, But again, I won't go into uh, story spoilers or anything like that for the X games, especially if you haven't had a chance to play them yet. Um, And there's a reason why I don't want to go into spoilers as well, because one of the key things to know about the games in this collection that actually makes them pretty special is that the story in these games are really good from top to bottom across all the games. I think that uh, the the story gets progressively better over each game, um, and definitely Mega Man Zero, the very first game in the collection, it its story isn't as good, but it kind of paves the way for the the events in the rest of the games as well. Uh, so it's definitely worth playing, even just for the story. If you're into just Mega Man lore or just a cool story about the future and robots, like you're going to be, you're going to love the story in this game. So let's talk about each game individually and kind of break down what's in this collection. So first off, Mega Man Zero released on September 10th, 2002 on the Game Boy Advance. It takes place a century after the Mega Man X series ends. So again, after the end of Mega Man X6, I should say. And it had basically the way the game plays, it plays very similarly to the Mega Man X games before. So it's a a 2D action platformer uh, where you play as Zero, um, who basically is found a century after the events of uh, of Mega Man X6, just, you know, just 
hanging out, I guess. Um, and he's basically pulled into a war between this resistant group and uh, basically this big like city called Neo Arcadia. Um, so it's actually got this really cool uh, story that goes along with this as well. The world itself is a large interconnected world, but it's not an open world or anything like that. What you basically do is after ver the very first mission kind of sets up the story, um, you basically can pick from a list of missions that don't really tell you too much about them. Like it it'll be like stop a train, for example, and then the game will give you a little description of what the mission kind of entails, but doesn't really go into too many details about it. It basically tells you kind of what set up, sets up why you're, for example, have to stop the train. Um, and then as you jump in, you don't know what boss you're facing. You don't know the type of enemies you're facing or anything like that. Um, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter because unlike the other games in the Mega Man series in general, when you beat boss enemies, you're not taking their powers and then using them on other bosses. You don't really have a stage, stage select screen um, where you're selecting the different uh, bosses. You are fighting uh, Mavericks just like you do in the other X games where basically they're the evil robot bosses at the end of each level. Um, so you do fight, like, fight those types of enemies in each stage, but you're not trying to accrue their powers. So what's the carrot on the hook for this game besides the story uh, is the way you kind of progress your character in this game as zero. Um, you start off the game with a pistol and your trusty beam saber from uh, the other Mega Man X games. However, you basically level up each item as you play. So as you attack enemies and, and kill enemies with the sword, for example, the more you use the sword, the more abilities you unlock for the sword. For example, the ability to do like a spin dash where you spin in the air with the sword, or if you can, you can unlock like multiple hits without having to stop. Cause when you start off, you can do two swipes and then you stop. But then the first upgrade you get, you can do three swipes and then you have to take a second to, to stop. So it's little incremental upgrades like that that you experience or an experience just by playing the game. You don't allocate points or anything like that. There's no skill trees or anything like that. It's not a major RPG thing, but it does have a little bit of the, the RPG elements to, to the gameplay. And that's kind of how you become more powerful as the game goes on. But it doesn't really have the same like power creep or, or uh, you don't feel as powerful as you do in some of the Mega Man X games where you, you get the different abilities to X's armor plus the boss abilities. And in combination of those, you feel much more powerful by the end of the game than you did at the start, um, which is always been kind of the appeal of Mega Man. So to have it kind of removed is a bit of an odd move. And it's definitely something that, that rubbed uh, a lot of the audience uh, the wrong way in particular. Um, and this has kind of been the thing across all of the spe zero specific games. Um, they kind of brought this back in ZX and ZX Avenant, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it, it, it's very divisive. These are very divisive games as far as the gameplay goes. That said, the one thing most Mega Man game, if gamers can kind of agree on, is the story is great. So uh, if you're in it for the story, honestly, the, this it's a great way game to play. Um, however, I will warn you, for those who are new to the series, this game, Mega Man Zero in particular, is very, very hard. Very hard. I mean, it's probably... God, I don't know if it's... I, I don't know if I can say it's the hardest game in the Mega Man series, but it, I think it's one of them. Um, it, it's especially brutal because you don't really have lives in this game. So essentially, if your character dies once, you basically have an, a, a set number of continues. Uh, and on normal, uh, you start with four continues. When you run out of continues and you die, you have to 
basically leave the mission or basically reload your save game. If you leave the mission, you lose access to it forever. So you can't actually go back to it at all. Um, not only that, but checkpoints are super far apart in this game. Uh, some levels have one checkpoint, which is basically from the start of the level to where the boss is. So uh, especially like with some of the platforming stuff, if, if you're coming to, into it for the first time, it can be really tough, especially uh, even when you get to the bosses, they're no slouches either. You kind of, you have to really learn their patterns, but you have a very limited number of tries to do so. Um, and it can really grind you down, especially like um, sometimes you might only have one chance to do an entire level and otherwise you kind of have to give up on it forever. So um, that's why it's a little bit grueling, but we'll talk about some of the accessibility stuff that they do in this collection again, a little bit later when we do kind of our overview. So next up, we got Mega Man Zero Two, which was released on October 13th, 2003. Again, on Game Boy Advance. It takes place one year after Mega Man Zero. And again, I won't talk about the story in that because it'll spoil the end of the first game. Um, but one thing that uh, Mega Man Zero Two does that's different is it brings back the stage select screen with the the traditional uh robot masters that you had from all the other Mega Man X games. Zero Two in particular. It's actually probably the most similar to uh, the Mega Man X games out of probably the four of the the Zero games that are included on this collection. Um, so definitely, if you again, if you like Mega Man X and that style of game, then then this is going to be right up your alley. Um, again, the the world isn't a big world that's interconnected in any way. It's just again, you just go from stage to stage. You choose what's what order you want to go in, and it just has that very classic Mega Man feel. You also get some new weapons with with Zero this time around uh, as well, which make the which kind of flushes out the gameplay as well adds a little bit more variety um and it, it certainly helps uh again make you feel a little bit more powerful but you do have the same xp system that kind of carry over into this game as well where you kind of have to use uh, a specific weapon over and over again to kind of uh grow the weapon in particular uh also i can't believe i forgot to mention it when talking about zero but there's a a new system in these games in particular called uh, the cyber elf system which is basically you'll find different cyber else either by defeating enemies or just in certain par parts of the environment and you can basically uh select them before you start a mission and you can use them on the fly in the middle of a mission to do certain things so some elves for example will restore your health or give you more health or stun enemies or do kinds of all kinds of useful things so um they kind of play around with that a little bit more in this game so next up we got Mega Man zero three and this released on October 5th, 2004. It takes place two months after Zero Two. And again, same deal. It's kind of, it, it basically recycles a lot of the stuff from the second game. Uh, but I think the story in three in particular and, and four as well are, is definitely the series high point. I think the stories in both these games are awesome. It definitely has, like, it definitely pays off a lot of the setup from the first two games, for sure. So, uh, definitely, if you're in it for the story, again, three and four are awesome, but you should definitely play through one and two, obviously, to get the, the full experience. And last but not least, Mega Man Zero Four, released on October 4th, 2005, again for the Game Boy Advance. And again, similar idea, uh, they really just uh, iterated on the experience a little more with with uh, three and four for the most part, but they kind of already had the the formula as to how the game is going to play out at this time. So you weren't really getting too much new, but the gameplay is, is a lot more tight. It's a little bit more forgiving, um, and it's definitely uh, a lot. It's definitely aged a lot better than maybe zero did because zero is incredibly hard for for no real reason, whereas these games are tough but fair. 
that's how I would how I would say three zero three and four are, and even two to an extent. Although two is definitely harder than than these other two games. So the other two games you get in this collection are Mega Man ZX, which released on September twelfth, two thousand six, on the Nintendo DS. And you might be wondering, how does a Nintendo DS game work on an Xbox One? You don't have a touchscreen on the controller, so how does it all work? So one of the cool things that they do in this game in particular, and and they do this with ZX Advent as well, is basically on the screen itself, you'll see both screens. You'll see uh, the gameplay screen, which normally would be the top screen for the Nintendo DS, as well as the smaller screen. uh, And you can kind of resize it with a number of filters, which again, we'll get into in a little bit. And basically what you'd use is the right analog stick on your controller acts kind of like a mouse on the on the touchscreen. And then you can either press in on the right analog stick or press the right trigger and it'll actually basically tap in the spot where the mouse cursor is. So it's actually works surprisingly well. I'm actually surprised that uh, we never really saw this before uh, from Nintendo or from from anyone else. Uh, with this, with uh, touchscreen technology like this, or ports of Nintendo DS games, like I think this is going to maybe uh, kickstart some people trying to bring back Nintendo DS games because this control method re- works really well. So I wouldn't be too surprised if we see more re-releases like this. So some more information about ZX. So it t- the game itself uh, takes place two centuries after Mega Man Zero ends, like Mega Man Zero Four. That the when that ends. Two centuries after that, you have the choice between a male or female protagonist. They don't really have any differences between them. Uh, it changes some of the story a bit, but not too much. Um, and basically, the game itself is a Metroidvania. So it's actually very different from the other games in this collection. Um, it's it, a Metroidvania at heart. You, you don't have a stage select or anything like that. They kind of did what they did, tried to do a zero where it's a large interconnected world but it's an open world where you can basically go anywhere in this game, which is super cool to actually see a Mega Man game. Definitely try it. Um, and it works surprisingly well. Not only that, but once you defeat a boss, not only do you take your power similar to other the original Mega Man X games, but you also fuse with that character um, through the power of what's called biometal in this game. And basically when you take on that uh, enemy's power, you actually ha- unlock certain new abilities uh, that that boss character would normally use. Not only that, but your appearance, you, ca- you kind of fuse with them so that your body looks very similar to the boss enemy. It's not the same, very similar. Like it's almost like a mix between uh, what Mega Man X looks like and the boss enemy that whose ability you're taking on. So you get some really interesting combinations of characters and you get some really cool different abilities to play around with. Again, it's a full Metroidvania where you have to uh, you you have to basically defeat certain bosses in order to earn their ability to then get to new areas of the map, and it kind of allows you to explore in that that regard. So it's super cool. I I actually really like ZX Advent, especially as a huge Metroidvania fan, um, and it's definitely great to see it in this collection. Speaking of that, Mega Man ZX Advent. Also an amazing Metroidvania game as well. It was released on October 23rd, 2007, again, on Nintendo DS. Um, You basically also are able to select your protagonist this time around between male and female, but this time they have 
a little bit different uh, attributes. Like uh, the male, I think, is a little bit faster, and the female is a little bit better at at attacking. Um, And they also have different story beats depending on which character you decide to select. Um, And as as well, it basically intermixes uh, the characters from the first game. And depending on which protagonist you select, it intermixes a a specific protagonist from the first game um, with with that character, which is really, really, really cool. Um, So again, it's a Metroidvania game like ZX's as well. And uh, once you beat a boss this time around, though, what's different about this is that you fuse with them like in the first game, but you basically just take on their full appearance and and take on their full suite of powers essentially this time around. So again, kind of similar to to the way uh, ZX works, um, you basically use these abilities to kind of explore the environment and do different things, which is super awesome. And again, it just totally tickles my my metroidvania bone and uh, i'm totally excited to uh play more of it as well I'm, again i'm so glad these games are back because it's been so long since i played them uh, and definitely out of all the games in this collection the, definitely i think the story is the strongest in zero three and zero four and definitely across those four games there's a lot of great payoffs um and while i don't think the story is as good in uh zx or zx advent I do think the gameplay is much more solid in those games. Um, they even have uh, easier modes built into the games themselves. So you can actually use a different easy mode that's included in this collection on top of that. So they can be very, very uh, good for beginners. But I would still say you should definitely play them in release order. Even if you have to, in order to get through zero, play it on the easier difficulty. I do think it is definitely worth playing them in release order because then you get all the story beats because it definitely has a lot of callbacks in the two ZX games uh, to the Zero games. So it is worth playing for story reasons for doing that. But speaking of story, we actually had a question from Seamus Bukaisik at Famous Seamus. He reached out to me on Twitter, of course, because I did post uh, looking for questions before this episode of The Extra Mile. Seamus asks, should people play the Mega Man X games to understand Zero's story? Or does the games in the collection explain the backstory? So the collection itself doesn't explain any of the backstory at all, but the games do. Or I should say it only explains the backstory as much as it needs to. Because uh, in the Zero games, you have some callbacks to the original Mega Man X games. But those callbacks, it actually does a very good job of explaining in, in the game itself. So I know I don't think you need to actually go back and play X4, 5, and 6, for example, because those were really the, the big story-heavy uh, games in, in that series or, or any of the Mega Man X games in, in general to enjoy the story of these. They really tried to make the story in the Zero games really self-contained kind of within those four games. And the times that it does do callbacks to the original X series, uh, it always explains that assuming that you've never played those games before. So yeah, Seamus, you should totally be at home. Uh, I don't think you need to go back and brush up on your Mega Man X history or anything like that uh, to definitely enjoy these because I think that the story is great on its own and doesn't need you to, you know, do all that research ahead of time. So of course, let's talk about some of the exclusive features in this collection and and some of the upgrades that we've seen with the M's. So we'll start with the graphical settings. So each of the games, first of all, they have multiple borders and aspect ratios and scaling to choose from. Again, we saw this with the Mega Man X collection as well as the Mega Man Legacy collections, um, where basically you had a multitude of options. But this time around, they kind of run the gamut with a whole bunch of different stuff. So first of all, obviously you have like you have like 
like 20 borders to choose from uh, because obviously there's, these are four by three games because they're Game Boy Advance games or Nintendo DS games. Um, so they're not 16 by nine. I mean, you can uh, sweat, stretch the aspect ratio to 16 by nine if you want to, but it uh, kind of creates uneven pixels and it looks weird. I personally would not recommend it unless unless you had to, unless you really just like to play games in 16 by nine. I, I wouldn't do it. But so there's multiple borders you can put on on the ends of the video if you want to, or you can completely remove them as well. Uh, you're not locked into having a border specifically uh, with any of those games. Um, again, you can as- adjust the aspect ratio and scaling of the picture uh, a-, a ton. So, for example, with the zero games, um, because they're on the Game Boy Advance, obviously the picture size very small, much smaller than 4K. And of course, I play on a 4K TV at home. Uh, so you kind of can play around with the settings to kind of adjust how the integer scaling kind of works. So then you don't have uneven pixels. Um, that's a big thing, of course. If you're a retro gamer like me and you play a ton of retro games, this is this is not new to you anyways. Um, and it gives you a lot of options. I, I think there's like eight different scaling options. And you can make it either super tiny or you can scale it all the way up to like five to seven times integer scaling, essentially, to basically take up your entire screen while also remaining in the same the the native aspect ratio, essentially, to get like the the most full picture possible. It does look a little bit weird when it is blown up that big, though. So usually I do like the second or third size down from from the maximum size. That's kind of where I found the sweet spot to be. But you can kind of play around with it to find the best setting for you, which is awesome that it gives so many different options to choose from. Um, you also have the ability to select between three different filters as well. Um, and these are kind of the same filters we saw in the legacy collections previously. So you can smooth out the pixels with like a smooth uh, uh, filter. You can also uh, have CRT scan lines. So if you are someone who loves retro games with scan lines, there is the option for that as well. And the uh, scan lines themselves look really cool. So if you definitely like scan lines, it's a great option. Or you just choose no filter and have the the, jag, the jaggy pixels that uh, bring you right back to playing on the Game Boy Advance, which actually is my for, my preferred way to play it, as I usually, usually go no filter. That's just kind of my thing. But again... You know, that's totally cool and uh, up to you, depending on what what your personal preferences are. And I love the fact that they Capcom has continuously always offered this type of uh, customization in all of their collections as well. And it's no different here. Also, what's cool with this is uh, the Nintendo DS games, the the two ZX games, um, the way you can kind of customize the picture is you basically can choose um, from like 10 different uh, visual options as to basically where the t- how big the touchscreen is, first of all, and wh- second of all, where it's placed. Uh, the default look that I kind of go with is it basically has the top screen on top and then uh, the touchscreen right underneath it. Um, you've probably seen a lot of people upload uh, their game, their Nintendo DS captures with kind of that same setup where they're kind of like the top half of the screen is the top screen and then the bottom half of your TV is the the bottom screen. But you can kind of do it where it like makes the uh, top screen, which is where all the action is, kind of be the big focus of the picture. And then in the bottom right hand corner, for example, you can put the touch screen there and it's like a little little display that's there. Um, you probably don't want to make the touchscreen too small, though, um, Not just because there is some stuff to read on it, especially in ZX Advent, where it basically acts as your map. So you probably don't want to make it super small, but at the same time, uh, you can totally play around with that and uh, pick to your liking, which, again, I love the way that they they set this up for the DS games and uh, would love to see this going forward for any other DS games that eventually get ported 
uh, to to next gen consoles. So what other features are in this collection? Uh, first of all, of course, all games have a new casual scenario mode as well as save assist. So what those mean is that uh, casual scenario mode uh, for most of the games, especially all the zero games, just give you all the unlocks from the beginning. So you don't have to worry about unlocking stuff. You can kind of just play it as if it was a Mega Man X game. Um, you also get nine continues or nine lives, depending on which game you're playing to start out with, uh, from the very start. Um, and basically there's a lot of fail to pretty much make sure that you can just run and, and demolish everything like that. They makes the games kind of easy. But again, if you're kind of there just for the story, uh, this is a great way to go. Or honestly, if you want to learn the patterns for some of the bosses and then apply that to playing the game on on the normal difficulty, um, then obviously that is a great beginner's tool as well. And I love the fact that they made these games so much more accessible because of this, because, again, it's hard to get into these games if you're not into really difficult Mega Man games. Um, and this is definitely one way to do it. Save assist. What that does is it actually puts uh, checkpoints throughout the level, because as I mentioned in Mega Man zero, for example, there's one checkpoint in most levels between the boss and the front of the level. So the save assist will basically put more checkpoints throughout the levels. And that's, you can kind of do that for all the games. You also have a gallery with a lot of concept art, as well as uh, other uh, pictures from the games a lot of information as well about some of the bosses and stuff like that, which is cool. There's also a music player with a ton of music from all six games, as well as exclusive music that's made just for this collection as well. You've also got classic voiceovers for uh, the ZX Advent and ZX games, because those games, since they were on the Nintendo DS and featured voiceovers. So the voices that are included in the original DS games are not amazing. So what they decided to do is they actually have new remastered voices, which are basically remasters of the original masters of the voices that were used in game. And you can basically select between the two of them. And again, kind of if you want to, if you're nostalgic for the games, maybe you want the classic voices, um, or you can definitely go with the remastered voices, which actually from a lot of my playtime, they sound way better. So honestly, that's my personal recommendation. But again, you've got both options available to you. Um, you can't chase, change the voice language unless you change the language for the entire game. So if you want those Japanese voices, you have to change all the text to Japanese, which makes it pretty hard to play, especially you don't really get any of the story if it's all in Japanese, right? So uh, that is one thing to consider, but that is, again, an option available to you. Last but not least, the last new feature, and they kind of do this with all their legacy collections for Mega Man. They always have a special mode uh, that kind of goes over each each game. And this time around, they have a mode called Zed Chaser, where basically it's kind of like a speed running mode where you can select individual uh, stages from each game and basically race against a computer opponent. Um, and basically there's specific times set up uh, for each level based on uh, how difficult you want it to be or how how confident you are in being able to beat the uh, the the ghost computer, essentially, because some of them are like super fast. If you select like the S difficulty, it's really, really hard. So, I mean, for the most part, if you're a, a speed runner or if you want to get into speed running, there's actually a lot of great tools in the, the Zed Chaser mode that if you've ever been interested in picking up the the any of these games, as a speedrunner, I actually think a lot of these tools can really help you hone your skills and develop your skills um, and actually being able to maybe one day potentially speedrun the game uh, like a 
lot of folks do. So uh, there is lots of stuff there. There's also even a world record uh, mode where you can actually go for the world record in these games. Uh, so there is that option as well. Um, a lot of really cool stuff in uh, Zed Chaser mode. I've, I kind of haven't explored it too much just because I'm not super interested in the speedrunning stuff. I kind of like the, the challenge modes that they had in the legacy collection a lot more. I think that was kind of like my favorite model. Um, they got rid of that in the Mega Man X collections in favor of basically fighting two bosses at the same time and having like different challenge modes that way. Um, but this time around, so this time around, I'm less interested in the speedrunning stuff, but I can definitely see where the appeal is. Like definitely if you are a speedrunner or interested in speedrunning, the, the, you're going to have a lot of fun with, with Zed Chaser mode. Um, and definitely I think it's a lot of fun. So kind of to round things out then, who would I recommend this collection for and do I think that it's a worthwhile pickup? So first of all, the collection itself costs $45 Canadian. Um, again, in the States, it's a little bit cheaper. I think it's 30 bucks um, for the individual cartridges to pick up all these games individually. It costs about twice as much as this collection costs because each one, if you just want to go cart only, uh, you're looking at about 80 bucks plus, you know, uh, so if you want to get the the box for the DS game, stuff like that, that's going to cost you a little bit extra um, just because uh, these games are in pretty high demand. So they're not always super easy to find, especially some of the later games because they didn't get huge print runs, um, but they're not overly expensive. They're just kind of hard to find. So definitely from a price point advantage, definitely it's much cheaper to go this route than getting the individual cartridges uh, as to how they kind of play in comparison to their original versions. Again, just like the other legacy collections, uh, like the Mega Man legacy collection or the X collections, uh, the, you're not really experiencing any kind of lag playing these games or anything like that. Um, so honestly, this is probably the best way to play these games unless you are bent on playing on original hardware and, and just, want to play on a CRT or play on uh, the original hardware itself, uh, like just play on a GBA or a DS. Um, obviously, I think uh, for anyone new to the series, definitely, I think this is a great way to, to get into it. However, obviously, if you're new to Mega Man, this is probably not the collection I would start with. This is the kind of collection where I would say you should jump into it if you've played through the X games or played through the original Mega Man games and you're looking for a new challenge or a new game in the series to try out that you might not have tried before. I do like, again, as I mentioned before, the beginner level stuff that they've added to this to increase accessibility with these games. And definitely they tell a great story as well that is worth playing through. Uh, but if you don't want to pull your hair out, uh, it can be kind of tough to recommend outside of the uh, casual scenario mode for new players. So I do think that there is that caveat there. Um, but do I recommend this collection as a whole? Absolutely. I mean, Capcom, I think just knocked it out of the park with this one. I think they did an amazing job remastering these games, uh, making sure they all play properly, that, that making sure that everything works the way it should, making sure that the visuals look great and get, they're giving you a ton of different options to customize it how you like and giving you probably the best way to play these games on a modern display. Uh, if you, again, if you want to play on native hardware, obviously that's probably the, the best way to go. But if you don't have all the cartridges and the native hardware, then honestly, this is no slouch. This collection is amazing. But yeah, it's just probably not for everyone, especially because the games are so different from each other. Um, so definitely you kind of have to, to weigh in like way how you feel about Mega Man and uh, kind of if you're interested in any of these games. Uh, I do think, though, they are worth playing, though. For any Mega Man fan, uh, you definitely should play these games because I think all of them um, are fantastic and 
they've probably flown under your radar, just like they did for for mine for a long time until I decided to actually pick them all up uh, back in the day. And I'm, again, I'm glad to have them back in back in my life and in an easy, accessible way to pl- jump into them at any time. So there, that's what I think about the collection. Uh, again, it's pretty solid overall, and I highly recommend it, especially if you're a Mega Man fan. But what do you think, ladies and gentlemen? You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You can also find the Pants Man himself on Twitter at Sean Capri, or you can hit up us up anytime at the Xbox Drive on Twitter. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Extra Mile. I'm Ryan Turford, and I'll see you next time. Bye! Thank you.